0: Uh, Genesis chapter number 16, if you found your place there in verse 1, I would invite you to stand for the reading and reverence of God's word. I want to read verse 1 down through verse number 7. Now, Sarai, Abram's wife, bare him no children, and she had a handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said unto Abram, Behold now, the Lord hath restrained me from bearing, I pray thee, go in to my maid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abram hearkened to the voice of Sarai. Now, let me pause and say this. You can't always go off your assumptions, and you can't always go off your wife's instructions. Somebody say amen right there. That was, that's good. That's good preaching, Brother Jacob. And, uh, whew, all right, it's going to be one of them nights. And Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, after Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, and gave her to her husband Abram to be his wife. And he went in unto Hagar, and she conceived. And uh, when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress, was, her mistress was despised in her eyes. And Sarai said unto Abram, my wrong be upon thee, I have given my maid into thy bosom. And when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. And the Lord judged between me and thee. But Abram said unto Sarai, uh, Behold, thy maid is is thy maid is in thy hand, due to her as it pleaseth thee. And when Sarai dealt hardly with her, she fled from her face, and the angel of the Lord found her by a fountain of water in the wilderness, and by the fountain in the way of sure. Let's go to the Lord and word of prayer. Dear Lord, most kind, gracious Heavenly Father, I love you so much. Thank you for your goodness, your kindness, your grace. God, how thankful and grateful we are to be the children of the Most High God. I pray for a little while tonight you would help us. As we gather around your word, God, I pray you would bring to remembrance the things I've studied. And I pray, God, you'd help me say things that would encourage the church family tonight. God, help us leave this place challenged and encouraged by your word. And I pray, Lord, we would ever be appreciative for you preserving this word to us, Lord. Let us take it, glean from it, apply it to our hearts and to our lives. We love you and we thank you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You might be seated. Uh, We are looking tonight at... Uh, Genesis chapter 16 verse number 7 where the Bible said and the angel of the Lord found her by a fountain of water in the wilderness by the fountain and the way to sure and uh, we're looking in our study tonight on biblical theophanies we've uh, done several studies thus far we looked at the three theophanies involving Abraham uh, two involving Isaac and I circled back just a few chapters to deal with Hagar the the Bible does not say here uh, the Lord appeared as he did in the same fashion with Abraham and with Isaac as well as others. But Brother George, it said the angel of the Lord found her. I don't know about y'all. If he found her, he had to be there, right? Yeah. And then we're going to find that he would speak to her directly uh, in person. So I, I'm preaching this along the, night, along the lines tonight that this is a biblical theophany. And of course, just a reminder quickly as we head to our to the chapter uh, theophanies were the physical bodily appearances of God to man. And this is the first in our study where God physically appeared to a woman. And uh, God appeared specifically to a woman, not a husband-wife pair, as in, in the Garden of Eden, but to just a woman, a woman named Hagar, uh, specifically. And uh, I say tonight, when we just point this out, you say, well, it does say the Lord, it says the angel of the Lord... Uh, The angel of the Lord is the epitome uh, of a a marker or a key phrase that uh, indicates a a theophany. And uh, give a good example of this tonight. The angel of the Lord standing in the way uh, when Balaam was going down to go against the will of the Lord. I I don't think that was Michael, and I don't think it was Gabriel. I think it was a pre-incarnate appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's exactly what I think. Uh, God makes the distinction. An angel... Uh, It's just an angel. But when it's the angel of the Lord, it is the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. You say, well, Brother Jacob, uh, that's not true. Angels mean winged uh, worshiper. No. Angel means messenger. Messenger. That's what the word angel means. It means messenger. So we're all on the same page there. Uh, Again, I say these these, uh, pre-incarnate appearances of the Lord Jesus Christ further prove the eternal existence of the godhead let me say this i'm glad uh, the lord uh, jesus did not begin in in a manger he did not begin in the womb he always has been Uh, me and the boys were talking the other day and the question was how old is god god is beyond age he is ageless one because he's always has been always will be are y'all with me tonight Uh, god has no beginning and they said well how old is he i said well he doesn't have an age you get to have an age you got to be born and god was never born god always was amen and the very same god who exists in a eternity before there was a man before there was a creation before there was a sin before there was a devil brother george that very same god appeared to this egyptian handmaid hagar hagar all right i'm not going to review the rest of it we'll jump right into genesis chapter 16 tonight when the lord appeared unto hagar i won't go back and reread what i've read already um but we find when the lord appeared unto hagar he was fully aware of the awful situation she had been put in. He was fully aware of the awful situation Hagar had been put in. We see that in verse 2 through 6. And uh, I, I, one thing, uh, we did close out our, our unit a couple weeks ago in Sunday school, our Genesis unit. And one thing we find in the book of Genesis is uh, uh the, the men made some mistakes, but the women also made some mistakes. And uh, this is one of those instances here, Brother George, where uh, Abram's, Abram's wife said, you know what, here's what we ought to do. Let's add another person to the mix. And can I tell you, that's never the right move. Amen? It's never the right move. This same this same uh, reality would be mimicked in the life of Jacob. Uh, Jacob would uh, end up having four wives because of the similar decision that his wife made in likeness to Abram's wife. And you say, Brother Jacob, why are we talking about this? When the Lord appeared unto Hagar, he knew exactly what had gone on in her life. And you say, Brother Jacob, I, I, I'm not sure. Sure i, I, I what well, does this even matter? Well, God shows up right on time, every time. Yes, sir. And you say, well, I need God to come see me on the mountaintop. Sounds like God's already seen you. That's why you're on the mountaintop. You need God to come see you when you're down in the valley low. Amen. And I need God to, I need some uh, sunshine. Well, you're enjoying the sunshine, Brother David. The reason you're in the sunshine is because God visited you in the dark, gloom, rainy seasons. And I'm just thankful tonight, along with Hagar, that God will meet you in the midst of a very bad situation. And that that's exactly what happened. I'll be honest with you, Hagar, I'm getting ahead of myself. she She is not a person to blame here. I don't put any blame on Hagar. Uh, her, her, her mistress said, Hey, uh, you're going you're gonna to become my husband's wife, and you're going to have children, and I'm going to raise your child. For... That's a horrible situation. What a horrible, horrible situation uh, that was. When we know that was the plan... Uh, the Sarai, she presented to uh, Abram and to Hagar, and it sounded like a real good idea, but the truth be told uh she didn't have when she said, "Well, Hagar can have children for me no she actually didn't raise Ishmael Hagar did she didn't have anything to do with it, and that 's here's a here 's a good thing when you try to manufacture the provisions of God and it 's not god 's provisions it 's your provisions you 'll have something on your hand that nobody will want to raise. Amen. Amen. You'll sign up for something that you want no part of, and that's exactly what Abram's wife did here. And God knew the awful situation Hagar had been put in. And you say, Well, my life's bad. Maybe it is. Maybe I know. Maybe I don't know. But I do know one that does know. Whatever situation you've been dealt whatever situation people have uh subjected you to. Uh Hagar knew all about it. And in that moment, that is when the great God of all heaven made his presence known. Aren't you glad of that tonight? Some people like to stay away when things are bad. Some people only want to come around when things are good and the dust has settled. But, Miss Kathy, we serve a God who comes right in the thick of it, right? In the heart, uh, hard times, the difficult times, the depressed times, the, the gloomy times. I'm thankful our God is not intimidated by Controversy. God is not intimidated by depression. God is not intimidated by struggle. Are y'all hearing me tonight? God was fully aware. Man, that I can go. I can lay my head on my pillow tonight, and brother Ed, and be confident in this very thing: that the great God of all heaven and earth, no matter what life throws my way, my God's not afraid of it, and He will come right to my side in the midst of anything this life can throw at me. <clears throat> when the Lord appeared unto Hagar, according to verse seven, her tough spot was known. And the angel of the Lord found her by a fountain of water in the wilderness, uh, by the fountain in the way to sure. Her tough spot was known. She was alone and she was afraid, but his appearing would comfort her and drive her fear away. I can speak of this by experience. I pray you can as well. I don't wish bad on anybody, but one thing I think everyone should experience at least once in their life And if you're going to amount to anything in the Christian realm, you've got to have experiences more than once, just being honest with you. Brother George, when the great God of all heaven and earth comes to you in the midst of your fiery furnace, in the midst of your trial, in the midst of your storm, and speaks peace to your heart, and that storm don't feel as big, and that fire don't feel as hot, and that flood don't feel as high, y'all hearing me, that that molds you as a Christian, molds you as a Christian, it would comfort her, it would drive her fear away. When we do not know what to do, God will drop in and remind us that He has us. Now look, when God appears in verse 7, Brother Bill, He doesn't tell her anything to do in verse 7. He's, boom, he's there. God is there. God is Ms. Susie, He's making His presence known. He doesn't give it any instruction yet. But, Miss Ginger, God stops in and He will eventually instruct. Him. Sometimes He just got to show up and say, Hey, I'm with you. I see you. I'm, I'm here to help you. Amen. What a God. What a God, what a God, where Sarah was, according to verse number six, tells us she had fled from the face of her mistress she's ran she 's ran away from Abram and Sarai, and she's she's fled from their face and now it 's really hard sometimes my mind wants to get these uh these stories uh Uh, intertwined one with another but we find here in genesis 16 she runs away and genesis 21 she is cast away there are two different stories uh in genesis 16 she runs away and god says go back and genesis 21 she is cast away and god says just keep on going and there is a difference there. There is a balance there. You say, Brother Jacob, how I don't know what to do in each situation. Each situation will designate what you should do. And don't go on your premise, your mind, your intellect alone. Trust God and he will give you specific directions on how to navigate each and every situation. I'm glad of that. I don't know about y'all. That makes me excited. She fled from the face of her mistress and stood on unfamiliar ground. As far as we know, according to God's word, I don't know if she'd ever stood on this piece of dirt before, where exactly where she stood. I don't know if she'd been by the fountain that she was by. I don't know if she'd ever made the trip that she had ever made. I don't know if she just took out running uh, for fear and frustration. But I do know this, the great God of all heaven and earth, though Hagar might not have known where she was standing, God knew where she was standing. I I saw something last night, and there's this fellow, he likes to go, fish and catch exotic uh, fish species. And uh, he said, I, I just got to cut through these forests on the, near the coast of Africa. Well, I didn't know they had a difference between a plains elephant and forest elephants. What I learned last night is forest elephants are meaner than striped snakes. And, and you know what them men did, Sister Susie? Them elephants began to charge them. They had never walked where they were walking before, but they had to take off like a bolt of lightning. And that's exactly what Hagar did. She took off on ground. She had never stood before. Uh, but when she found a resting place, a stopping place, a place to sit down and cry aren't you glad when you sit down and cry the great god of all heaven and earth will come and he's not i'll be honest i can tell him i'm not i don't really like tears i'm like stop crying just stop crying first and then we'll talk and we'll work it out and we'll get through this god says you cry on hagar i'm gonna love you and encourage you and be there i thank god we have a god who she'd never been there but god had been there and god was right where she was at when she needed him God knew where to find her, because he knew exactly where she was. Verse 8. And he said, who said? That's God. He, he, He found her, now he's speaking to her. He said, Hagar, Sarai's maid, whence camest thou, and whither wilt thou go? And she said, I flee from the face of my mistress, Sarai. When the Lord appeared unto Hagar, He spoke and He listened to Hagar. There's two things. There's two things that people, I, I don't, they get part of this, but they don't get both of this. Can I, we need both. We don't just, God spoke and He listened. Here's the reality a lot of times we want God just to listen to us, and we don't want to take the time to listen to Him. He's going to speak. And then he's going to listen. But we want to just listen, 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 listen. And then we get up and we don't wait for God to speak back to us. In this instance, when the Lord appeared, he spoke and listened to Hagar. And I am thankful tonight. We have a God. He wants to hear us when we cry out to him, when we are distressed, when our heart is overwhelmed. We can go to the rock that is higher than I. And he will comfort us. And he will help us. And he will be that pillow, that shoulder to cry on, that that, uh, rock to link. Thank God for it. But listen to me. Listen to me well. It is a disservice to yourself and a disrespect to God to just cry to him, but shut your ears to him. He'll listen, but you better listen. He's interested in speaking and listening. He'll hear you, but you better do your part and hear him. Y'all with me tonight? Verse 9. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Return to thy mistress and submit thyself under her hands. And the Lord appeared unto Hagar. Guidelines were provided. I talked a moment ago about God giving the appropriate navigation for life. I am thankful to report God is faithful to help us dip navigating during the most difficult of times. And that's exactly what I'll do. Now, you say, well, what do I do in that situation? Well, you listen to God. Uh, remember I said listen listen, and listen. He'll listen to you. Now you listen to him. Uh, Brother George, If, f Hagar had just took out like a streak of light and not listened to the voice of God, she would have been in the wrong. She wasn't in the wrong up in that point, but she disobeyed God, then she would have been in the wrong. And don't don't find yourself justifying your own sin by making your own foolish decisions by saying, you know what, somebody else did wrong, so their wrong is going to negate my wrong. No, their wrong is their wrong, and your wrong is your wrong, so don't try to right a wrong with a wrong. Do right when even others do wrong. Y'all with me tonight? Yes, sir. Sometimes God says, take your things and move on. That's Genesis 21. You've been banished. You've been cast out. God said, go on. I'm going to bless you. I've heard the cry of the lad. Aren't y'all glad of that? But in this instance, God said, go back and play nice. Go back and play nice. Now, that's hard, isn't it? Somebody did you wrong. And God says, hey, circle back. I know you've retreated, but circle back. And listen, you may want to do this, this, and this and let them know and act this way. God says, I want you to go back and submit yourself unto her. Right. They did you wrong. I want you to go back and be the best you can be for her. The one that did... Are y'all hearing me tonight? Yeah. Sometimes when the Lord appears, God God will say things that we need to hear. and so, We don't want to hear this, but sometimes God says, what you got to do is be good to those who on, hurt person. you. When the Lord appears in your life, you're not worried about revenge and getting even and settling the score. No, when the Lord appears in your life, you'll have that Christ-like uh, disposition and saying, bless those that despitefully use you and rejoice in that day and be exceeding glad. Are y'all, y'all following what I'm saying tonight? Uh, sometimes that's what God requires. That is what uh, sometimes is necessary in our life is for us to go back, just as God said, and submit ourselves under uh, the hands of those who've hurt us, not the servant-master relation as it was here, and it's an awkward situation, and we won't dive into that tonight, but I'm here to report to you, sometimes the will of God, following a visitation from the Lord, God stopping by, speaking to our hearts, though not bodily, but speaking to our heart and instructing us, is to go back, and don't try to settle the score. Miss Kathy, well, a lot of times we get, we get caught up, and we, try to, we, try to, we want to force somebody to get right. No, we can't force anybody to get right. All we can worry about is make sure we're right. And if somebody else is going to get right, that's between them and God. No, I'm not going back and preach it, but Sarah, she said, she said, Abram, I messed up. My bad, my bad, Abram, I did wrong. The Lord judged between me and you. She apologized to Abram. She didn't apologize to Hagar. She didn't apologize to Hagar. Well, I can't do that. They got to do this. It doesn't matter what they do. That's between them and God. You've got to go back and you've got to do your part. She can disobey God. They can disobey God. He can disobey God. But you and I cannot disobey God. I hope that's making sense tonight. God told Hagar that her path, this is hard. God told Hagar that her path would involve some awkwardness. This is not a TBN sermon. It's not a TBN statement, but it's it's Bible truth. Just can you imagine with me? I I know we're grown ups. I'm going to say this as PG as possible. Okay? Wife tells husband, I'm going to give you another wife. Y'all can. And then she got mad at it, just like Abram should have known she would have. Come on. And then. Sarah, Sarah, she runs off Hagar. Uh, pretty much chases, uh, pretty much makes uh, Hagar flee, panic. And then God says, you've got to go back to that. I know. Our mentality is <laughs> our mentality is, is to get away from pain. To get away from hurt. To get away from awkward, to get away from stink. Nobody wants to be around stink. Uh, we um we were have, doing s'mores the other night with my in-laws, and Jack—he's—he's he's getting brave. Uh, he's learned about fire safety at our house, but this is a new environment, so he's learning fire safety again. And he is only going to be three years old this week, and uh, he wanted he, he was just getting ever so close to that fire, and he just kind of went like that. It, truth to me, you can wave your hand through a fire; it's not going to burn you. And my my mom, she just she panicked. Ah! He pulled his hand right out of the fire. He shouldn't have done it. And she said, I was afraid he wasn't going to pull back fast. And this is what I said. This ties into the message. I'm not just running a rabbit trail. And I told myself, that wasn't disrespectful to your mother. And I was like, you know, Suzanne, if he did not pull his hand out of that fire, that means his brain's not working. Because the, the human reaction to pain is to pull away. Y'all hear me? And our spiritual inclination is to run away from pain, run away from awkward, run away from confrontation. But sometimes God says you gotta endure that for a season. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you gotta face the pain a little longer. Sometimes you gotta smell the stink a little longer. You all hearing me now? Sometimes you gotta deal with a bad situation, endure awkwardness. It's not forever, but sometimes it's paramount uh to the moulding of our Christian lives. Hurry, hurriedly. Occasionally, God plans. Me, God's plan means we have to endure or put up with or be around or be involved with people and places we don't want to be around or be involved with. But rest assured, it will all work out. It did. Did Hagar's life spontaneously get better? No. But the blessings of God would be upon her. Right. Uh, Everybody around her might not have done right, but Hagar did all the right she knew to do, and God blessed her for it. Uh, verse ten, verse, tw- uh, verse ten through verse twelve, and read them quickly. We're at the tail end, so y'all y'all been good sports. So I'm gonna hurry up. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, verse ten, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall not be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and shalt bear a son, and shalt call his name Ishmael. And uh, because the Lord hath heard the affliction, and he will be a wild man, his hand will be against every man and every man's hand against him, and she shall and he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. When the Lord appeared unto Hagar, blessings were spoken, blessings were spoken. I will say this, talking about the blessings of Hagar. I have, for me to be an accurate Bible teacher, I must state this fact. It's not a popular fact. It's actually kind of relevant in our world today. But it's important for us to know that Hagar's blessings were the Ishmaelites. So Ishmaelites, think Middle East, think Muslims. Come on. Right, Brother Ed, right here. That that part of the world, a lot of the crisis, a lot of bad things that takes place in that part of the world. His hand be against every man, and that every man's hand would be against him. Yep. yes, sir. Brother, brother, Bill, that's it right here. And you're like, "Well, that's awful that God made that. God made that blessing and said that. Was it God who made that decision? No. No. Was was Ishmael God's idea? That was Sarai's idea, right. and that was that was Abram's going along with a horrible idea. And you say, "Well, God should have fixed the problem." That's what people have. We think God's a fix-all. Y'all know what a, y'all know? What fix a flat is mm-hmm. you tie it into the tire stem and you pump it up, and it chemically expands the tire, right? You know what that is? A fix flat. That's what people think God is. God just got to fix my problems. No, actually, God, God's not a, He doesn't He's not required to fix all our problems. But one thing God is He's going to be true to His character, yes, and sir. true to His character means that Abram and Sarai made bad decisions. But that don't mean God was going to shortchange Hagar in the process. Amen. They did wrong, Hagar didn't, right. and God wasn't going to fl- change His character to shortchange Hagar. I hope that makes sense. It's not Hagar's fault. God announced the blessing and revealed that her descendants would be a hostile bunch, as described in verse number 12. And truthfully, if any woman in this account is to be blamed, it would be Sarai. Uh, There is one more layer of blessing that we must consider here. God named Ishmael and provided his reason for it. Look, Look at verse number 12. No, verse number 11, sorry. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and shalt bear a son, and shalt call his name Ishmael, because the Lord hath heard thy affliction. She didn't come up with the name Ishmael. The angel of the Lord did. Right. What is the blessings that we're talking about here, Brother Jake? Not just talking about the, the future uh, hostility of, of her descendants, the Ishmaelites. No, what is the blessing? What is the, the positive that we can all rejoice in here? The blessing that she that she uh, got exposed to. God named him, gave the reason for it. Essentially, the Lord said, Call him Ishmael, because I have heard your affliction. This encounter with God gave Hagar a perpetual reminder of the attentive ears of God. Brother David, she could walk away from this situation Regardless of how she's been treated, she's got to deal with the awkward. She's got a child that she didn't really want. He's going to be a mighty people, a hostile group. But the best thing she can take away from there is not the awkward, not the submission under her mistress' hand, not this baby that she didn't want. I'm sure Ishmael turned out being a blessing for Hagar. The one thing she could take away is that there was a great God in heaven who, despite her being an Egyptian, despite her being a handmaid, despite her being with child, uh, or despite her being a uh, stranded in, 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 a, in a, a strange place, uh, her being a uh fled from the presence of the people that she knew. All these things. What she could take away, Brother Ed, is that there was a great God in heaven who heard her cry. So what's the big deal, Brother Jacob? There may be things we deal with, things that are just factors of life we may not enjoy that may not be pleasant, that we may just have to endure along the way. And there may be things that you want better that they won't get better and things that you enjoy along the way. But the, the greatest truth is, is we have a God who hears and answers our prayers. Amen. Sorry, my daddy, my daddy ears are going off just like God's daddy ears go off. Amen. When my child cries, my ears perk up. Amen. Yes, the same way when God's children cry, yes. His ears perk up, and He's ever attentive to our cry. Hagar. Sad situation she had. Bad time. But she had the perpetual reminder that God attentively hurt her. Verse 13, 40. I'm just going to read it. And she called the name of the Lord that spake unto her, Thou, God, seest me. For she said... Have I also here looked after him that seeth me? Wherefore the well was called Beer Roy. Behold, it is between Kadesh and Bered. When Hagar, when the Lord appeared unto Hagar, joy was real. Now there have been people. We've probably done it before. Got joy down in my heart, deep, deep down. And you don't have joy down in your heart. Or I got the, what is it, the, the wonderful joy of Jesus down in my heart. Where down in my heart? And you sung that song, you didn't really mean it. But Hagar, Miss, Miss Ginger, her joy was real. Did it change the situation? No. No. She still have a baby? Yeah. Was Sarah going to be nice to her? No. But Brother Bill, she could have joy. She walked away from this interaction uplifted. Before it, she was discouraged and distressed. But after it, she was altogether encouraged. Before his visit, it was, woe is me. But after his visit, it was, oh, what a God. When the scene started, she was focused on her mistress. When the scene ended, she was focused on her, y'all look at me, master. Amen. I'm not talking about Abram. I'm not talking about Sarai. When it started, she was focusing on man. But when it ended, she was focused on the master. Amen. She walked away from this divine moment knowing that God was living and that he was seeing her. The word that I tried to pronounce in verse 14, Beer high, Roy. That's a, uh, a, an old, I don't even, I'm assuming it's Hebrew. I don't know. She was Egyptian, so I don't know if she could name something in Hebrew. I'm not sure. But the name of that place is called the Well of Him that Liveth. And seeth me. You know what she named that place? God lives and God sees me. I hear a report tonight. Why can we have joy in the midst of whatever circumstances life throw at us? God's living and he sees us Amen. right here, right now, right where we stand. He was living and he was seeing. And when the Almighty drops in, we too are reminded of that fact. That He lives and He sees us. I close with this. I don't know who wrote the song, but I do know the Isaacs used to sing it. And uh, I think it's the Isaacs. If I said that wrong, I apologize to the Isaacs. But the song is, he sits high and he looks low and he guides my feet wherever I go. And When I don't understand, I have a father. I have a father who who cares. Y'all hear me? I have a father. He sits high but he looks low and he guides my feet where I go when I don't understand I I Brother Ed not not just them not just y'all I have a father I have a father Hagar left that place started alone and afraid Brother David she didn't leave alone because God was with her and he would be with her he saw her he's living and he saw her Thank God for that wonderful account of the Word of God. I'm done preaching tonight.